Welcome to Happy Hour with the Three Tomatoes. And no matter what time of the day you're listening, shouldn't every hour be happy? Cheers and enjoy the episode. Culturally, we have a lot of negative ideas about midlife and aging. We, we live in an ageist society and it starts at midlife. And there are very dangerous myths that get passed down to us. You're listening to psychotherapist Dr. Robbie Ludwig, author of Your Best Ages Now. She and our LA editor, Debbie Zip, have an eye-opening conversation about busting through the myths and misconceptions of middle age and beyond. Listen in. It's a great conversation. We are lucky to have Dr. Robbie Ludwig with us today to discuss loving yourself at every age. Yes, ladies, I know it may seem impossible, but it is it is possible. Dr. Robbie Ludwig is a nationally known psychotherapist, award-winning reporter, popular guest and commentator, host of her own show, Talking Live with Dr. Robbie Ludwig, and author of Your Best Age Is Now. Welcome, Robbie. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. It's nice to join you. Oh, well, we are certainly glad to have you to give us a positive spin on aging today. Uh, It is clear from your book that you passionately believe your best age is now. Uh, In it, you talk about rejecting the status quo and embracing an ageless mindset. Uh, what is the status quo as you see it? And, and why should we think that the age we are at now is our best age? Well, I think many women and even men out there will uh, agree with this idea that culturally, we have a lot of negative ideas about midlife and aging. We, we live in an ageist society and it starts at midlife. And there are very dangerous myths that get passed down to us. For example, once you hit midlife, you're not gonna be relevant anymore. You're mm-hmm. not gonna be noticed. You'll be overlooked, over the hill. You'll lose your opportunities and your looks. So basically, it's it's telling people to internalize an expiration date that shouldn't exist, that's not valid. And I really wanted to write a book that could pierce some of the misconceptions that I really feel are not serving our culture well and don't serve us well individually. And it's not in sync with the research that's out there currently. And why should our best age be now? Because we should always be embracing every moment that we have and creating future opportunities. Oh, I love that attitude. <laughs> um, I and, and obviously, you've probably been thinking about this for a long time. And so I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, what was the main inspiration that, that made you jumpstart everything and, and write this book? Well, part of it was personal. So I was um, coming up on a life-changing birthday. I was oh. 50. <laughs> yes. Oh. And, and I'm in the media business. So I was interviewing for a job and there was kind of lackluster on the other end. Fortunately, it was a, a phone interview. And I got off that interview thinking, oh my goodness, you know, is it 
age that's working against me. And I really didn't want to feel that way because inside I still feel very youthful and, and relevant. And I, yeah. started to, I started to look around women in New York City that were in the midlife space and just looking amazing, in some cases better than they ever had before. And, and in working with patients, I was seeing this, this notion that you should give up your dreams, um, that you shouldn't strive for growing, that there aren't any opportunities out there, that it was just not true, that I saw patients coming into the best time of their life. They were finding love if they had never found it before. They were becoming more self-confident and more beautiful. So I really wanted to have a book that could put all this information in one place because a lot of the books out there in this subject matter is a little bit negativistic. Some of it's funny, but mm -hmm. all of it, it basically laughs at all the things that are going wrong. And I just really felt that that was not an accurate depiction and that it was dangerous to have that idea out there without questioning it. Oh, I, I so agree. I mean, um, and I understand the media business and how brutal it can be, but I really think you'll enjoy hearing this. A friend of mine, I was very surprised when she said this, that that who's a contemporary who said that th that she is loving her life right now and and actually that it's the best time of her life and i i was i don't hear that very often uh from people around me and i was so happy for her and and i do celebrate my life and my age because what's the alternative and you know i have a very productive kind of forward thinking you know, life, I worry more about will I accomplish everything before before I go, but uh, I just don't know if I'm as enthusiastic as she was, but I will say that my life and my attitude and my girlfriends and, and women I see around me is drastically different than that of my mother's and her contemporaries, and I think that's true for so many of us, and so why do you think that is? Well, I think in part, we know how to take care of ourselves better. So, you know, we have all of these lotions and potions and there's plastic <laughs> surgery out there. There, We know so much more about health and exercising and taking care of ourselves. So I think that that is a large component that we are taking care of ourselves better. We're living longer. So I think it's taking all of us longer to grow up socially yeah. <laughs> and emotionally. And I do think that technology also is a game changer because women at one point could only have children in their 20s and 30s. And they went along the developmental timeline basically around the same age, right? So they were having kids about the same age sending their kids off to college at the same age, going through empty nest. That, that is no longer the case. Really what we see now is women can make different choices technologically, right? They can have kids in their late 40s. They can yeah. even have kids in their 50s. So that really is a game changer in terms of giving us all a lot of options in terms of how we want to structure our lives. Absolutely. I, I totally I 
I love that. And, and, you know, I, I think it's also that uh, it's, it, they bought into um, what was, you know, social norms at the time, you know, you're supposed to fade into the background and all of that. And, you know, but I, we don't boomers, especially don't have that attitude. And um, just to add, I, I, I have to mention this brain scientist that you talk about in, in your book, scientist Suzanne Braun Levine, who says, this was an oh my God moment for me, that brain researchers now believe that by age 50, there is new growth in the brain. I mean, who would have thunk it? I right, just, right. If, I, I, I see in my practice, you know, women who, who start to kind of say in a joking way, oh, I'm losing my mind or I'm getting forgetful. And we have to be very careful what we say to ourselves. But actually, the research shows that we continue to create new brain cells. It's called neuroplasticity. And so we can continue to learn and grow. And not only that, that things kind of synthesize and we become more wise. So we have all of our historical knowledge that we know and that we've learned over the years and that we can continue to learn and grow and change. In fact, there are lots of changes going on that we didn't understand previously that our personalities continue to grow and change all the way into our 60s for the better. So we oh. become more conscientious and more agreeable. And then there are changes that go on to the amygdala, which impact our emotions. And we tend to see things as more positive as the glass half full, which is very helpful in terms of our relationships. So there are a lot of different changes going on that really are very positive and very helpful to us. I am just sitting here with my mouth open. I'm just, yeah, and you know what? I'm. I'm in my 60s, and, and that makes perfect sense. I, I am more positive. I am less argumentative. I, I, that is so interesting. And, and, and if that doesn't make us feel better, I don't know what will. But there's also, um, this is great news, but is there something that can, and since we're evolving and growing, as you say, still, uh, is there something in terms of growth and or maintenance that would do damage to our, our brain? The, so what would you say is the biggest threat to our brain growth at this point? Well, I'm certainly not a neurologist, so I don't speak to necessarily the, the, the physical component of what's uh -huh. happening for our brain, but from a psychological perspective, certainly taking care of your health. So really eating well and exercising and getting enough sleep and watching your stress level and making choices that are positive for you is certainly helpful to your psychological health and to your brain health as well. Yes, and uh, I recently attended a, a seminar on Alzheimer's, and um, they said those very same things in terms of warding off dementia and things like that. It's very important, your lifestyle is mm -hmm. very important, a very important component to that. Um, now, there was something that kind of really, at first, made me go, oh, get, oh no, I don't want to be like that. But we actually, at this age, you say, mature women have a lot in common with teenagers. <laughs> I think. Yeah, and, and just to weave it all together, 
in terms of lifestyle choices that we can influence our genes. So if we are making healthy choices for our bodies, that influences how our genes get expressed, in, including our youthful attitude has a positive impact on our physical well-being as well. But in terms of teens and midlife, there's a lot of similarities. Our bodies are changing, yes. hormonal changes, teens are separating from their parents to discover who they are and what's important to them. We as midlifers are doing the same. It's a stop and pause moment where we're really asking ourselves, is this what I want from life? Am I living life according to what matters to me? And so you'll see a lot of people switching gears around this time because if the answer is no, they want to live a life that feels rewarding and fulfilling. Uh, so in terms of adopting some of the positive components that teens include in their lives that can almost reboot the midlifer, you know, it's really important to say yes to life. You know, if we close ourselves off, we're going to miss out on those incredible opportunities that can come our way to have a group of friends that you feel in sync with, right? We mm -hmm. see teens doing that all the time. Uh, to, to ask what's important to you, to continually be creative and to reinvent oneself. And I always recommend, you know, you kind of, hear this a lot. What would your older self tell your younger self? Well, I think it's really important to ask the, the opposite question. What would your younger self advise your older self? Because sometimes when we're young, we're really in touch with a passion and dream that got lost along the way. So sometimes we have to reincorporate that into our lives. Oh my goodness. What a great question. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because I remember being, I was a fireball when I was a teenager. So getting more in touch with that can really, for every woman, get in really, get a much po more positive attitude towards aging. I think that's a marvelous thing to ask yourselves. Uh, okay, so if, let's say for those of us who, I'm not speaking for myself, but those of us who are really, really struggling with loving their age, you know, what would you say are the most important points or steps, actions to, you know, not buying into it all, but busting through the myths and conceptions yeah. to start really loving your age? Well, I think it's really important to write down some of the limitations and struggles that you feel you're currently having. And one of the recommendations that I make is to go into midlife and beyond with a rebellious attitude and a sense of moxie, oh. really rejecting those limiting ideas and beliefs and finding role models, both younger and older, so that you can stay current and know that there are possibilities for you. You really need to stay in touch with your creativity because when people feel fulfilled and that they're on purpose and they learn how they could be even more beautiful today than they were yesterday, they can start to reject some of those ideas that are really not serving them well and can be depressing. And since they're inaccurate anyway, I think it's important that we take control over 
what concepts we allow to resonate in our psyche. Okay. Okay. Because here, here's the deal. And I wanted to bring this up because you just mentioned what you went through when you were interviewing for a job. Um, as actresses, I was an actress, as many of us, um, this kind of thing hit us really early. You know, mm -hmm. you're talking 40. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I'm saying, what, you know, and, and that, everything we see, we either don't see ourselves in the media or we see ourselves not necessarily in a very positive way in, in media, uh, in stories and things like that. So, it, you know, is there any science, anything out there that maybe would help convince advertisers uh, and, and the media that, that we are not set in our ways, that we are a viable target audience for them? Because they tend to, to target 18 to 35, which yeah. is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And they tend to think that we aren't open to new cosmetics, that we're going to buy cosmetic at a certain age and then stick with it the rest of our lives. And that is such, you know, not true. So is there anything out there that, you know, we could use when having a conversation or, uh, you know, or writing a letter to advertisers or television or media to entice them to target us more, to write well, stories. I'm, surpri I'm surprised that they don't because basically targeting has to do with money, right? So yes. I, it has to do with money and who's buying. And we do know that that midlifers really do have the money and the younger market doesn't have as much money to spend on these items. But mm -hmm. I think as we continue to present a relevant... Um, kind of uh, personality or as long as we are really taking care of ourselves and, and um, kind of making ourselves to, a voice to, to be noticed, I think then slowly but surely there will be a shift. We already see it in Hollywood, right? Yes. It used to be if someone was 40, as you said, they were over the hill and now we have Julia Roberts and mm -hmm. we have Jennifer Lopez, and we certainly have people in the media and older models, too, that are getting hired because I think companies realize that there are many ages out there and they still want to look beautiful and they still have a need to buy some of the products that are out there. But I think writing notes, being a part of social media, you know, if you see something that's, that's a miss, stand up and state what you want to the people and companies who need to listen because now more than ever anyone and everyone can have a voice so it's using that voice to express what your desire is while keeping yourself creative relevant and hopeful and and and, and not buying into what you think society you know expects from you at this age being yeah. an example being example for your daughters to see how fabulous we are how vital how important we are still and Absolutely. still very productive so oh don't get me started <laughs> yeah. i know i think that's all you know very accurate we we don't want to model for our daughters or for the younger generation that once you get older, it's all 
you know, over. I was so happy to tell somebody who was in their 30s, you know, it gets better that you can like yourself more, become more self-accepting. It's nice to feel like you know what you're talking about, right? It's nice to stand yes. by your opinions and to advocate for oneself. So to continue doing all those things and to realize that when you're tempted to over-idealize youth as the only place where good things happen, that that's ageism. And we need to also battle that within ourselves to not accept that idea. Well, I totally agree. And I, I just want uh, people to stop fearing age and, and that, you know, and we, if we don't show fear, then the younger generation won't either. Now, on a much different note, <laughs> I was just looking at one of your blogs on Bella Magazine, and you had recommendations for increasing one's beauty factor that were about attitude, yes. not beauty products. So right. can you just wrap, uh, help us understand what that is? Well, you know, if, if women get caught up in trying to meet this unrealistic image of beauty, it can impact their self-esteem. And one of the things that we know about beauty and attractiveness, the more self-liking you are, the more confident you are, the more appealing you are. So it's not like the prettiest person in the room is the most successful. If somebody objectively pretty is not together, there is something about that that is unappealing. So know that the more you work on loving yourself, enjoying yourself, liking who you are and how you look and feeling confident, that that is tremendously appealing in terms of increasing our beauty factor. And so that essence that you have goes with you when you walk into a room. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what I love. I just, I just love everything you're seeing. And I just, one last thing. Um, you mentioned that midlife crises is not an isolated event in our lives. Uh, can you uh, explain what you mean by that? And well, not everybody has a midlife crisis. And it got kind of labeled uh, as like a developmental reality for everybody. And that's just simply not the case. I mean, we could have a crisis at any point in our lives. Some people have it in their 20s. Some people have it in their 30s. Basically, at any point, we can be challenged with what's going on mm -hmm. in our lives. So I think that also is important to look at and not just accept that we're automatically going to go through a midlife crisis. You may not. You may sail through and be happy as clams. That's really important because it's also like, you know, it's talked about so much. You feel like that, you know, you're missing something if you haven't gone through it. Yeah. And, and it is true. We go through a lot in our lives, ups and downs, and that, that, peop that there's this misconception out there that midlife causes this huge thing. Uh, I, I just think it's totally wrong. It's how we deal with it that matters. And right. so, anyway, I, I am so impressed with you and your book and thank all you, that you do. I, I thank you so much for bringing us this positive perspective on aging. And I recommend everybody buy Dr. Robbie's book, uh, 
living your best age is now and it is gals it is great right now and this book is jam-packed with so much life-changing and vital information that we couldn't possibly cover all the points here today but i really do again implore you to get this book and you can get it uh on amazon and other outlets and you, you can go to also Dr. Robbie Ludwig's website, drrobbyludwig.com, to see everything that she does and all she has to offer. And I just really want to thank you for being here today, uh, Robbie, and, and, and thank you all for listening and hoping you start loving yourself now and at every age. And may you live a very long and fab life. So thank you again and bye-bye everyone.